Hello, everyone. Glad you could join us this fine evening on September 6, 1963. We have gone over too many topics to count, ranging from sports to pets, and of course, all things food related. But today here on The Listen, we have something very important to discuss, and we are glad to have a special guest join us to speak on behalf of what he believes and how this connects to everyone in the country, not just in Lockport, in their everyday lives. Today, we are very excited and pleased to have Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. educate us right here on the show about all things related to inequality within our country. Thank you, Mr. Relia. I am happy to join you this evening, and more than that, happy for another opportunity to share everything I have learned being an activist and also being colored in this time in our country's history. Great, just to get us started here, what actually made you want to dig deeper in this topic of inequality? Why do you do what you do as an activist and risk your life every day for it? Well, I think that most people would expect a different answer than you'd get from me. It is true that in this issue, we are dealing with basic civil human rights that are not being given to all people, particularly targeting people of color. What drives me to do what I do is different though. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mahatma Gandhi, but what he did was teach me peace. Bringing peace among all people is a very big goal of mine that I've always wished to accomplish. I am also a deep believer in the Christian faith. We are all united under our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, God made us all a bit different in our own ways, stemming from what your face looks like to your skin color. But we are all human, inevitably. We are all one and the same, and I feel it is my job to reinforce that. When did you really know, like, this is what I want to do, and this is how I'm going to do it? Well, you may not know, but I grew up in an activist family, so I feel I was destined for this life. My father was deeply influenced by Marcus Garvey's Back to Africa movement. I grew up listening to him speak about Garvey and what he did. Therefore, it was in my culture as a kid to kind of be that change for the future generations to come. My early days as an advocate for, the civil, for civil rights of colored people here in the U.S., stem back to the bus boycotts of 1955. I was heavily involved, although I am not most famous for them, like a woman such as Rosa Parks would be. In that particular time, during those days back in 1955, I knew that I was going to play a much bigger role in bringing peace among all whites and blacks in the U.S. Let's dive into these issues a little further to become more educated on the real subject of racial injustice. What can you tell us about racial segregation and your views of it here in the U.S. now in 1963? Well, stemming off of where I really got started with making change here in the U.S., those bus boycotts of 1955 that I organized were because of my deep, deep belief that segregation is completely and utterly wrong. If I want to use a restroom in public, I should not have to enter only when the sign permits me to because of something as thin as the outside layer of my skin. Extending further, when we talk about the Brown v. Board of Education court case decision, I would like to think it is one of the most momentous decisions ever rendered in the history of this nation. This is not where we should end though. It is a big step towards something that is in the hands of our higher ups and more importantly, our youth as well. Thank you, Dr. King. 
Moving on further, as a black man living in the U.S., can you tell us about the hardships that you've encountered? Well, Mr. Velia, I assume that we have a lot of things in common that we should not, being black Americans, now don't we? In your life, I'm guessing that you have faced challenges stemming from things as small as being called the N-word by the white man, or as a child having a white child say, my mommy and daddy said I can't be friends with you because you aren't like me. Some of the bigger challenges that we face in this country as black men are things such as death threats, having our houses and property burned, things of this nature all because of the simple fact that our color of our skin is not white. Now personally, I have faced some hardships, my house being bombed at the peak of my activism being one. But overall, I would say that the threats and the way I'm treated is not what concerns me most. I'm most worried about what will happen within this country when I am no longer here to vouch and preach for my people. What will happen when all this protesting stops one day? Ask yourself, do you really see the United States of America changing for the betterment of the black community? Or will these injustices continue throughout the history of time? All that I can do is try and try to wake up and instill faith in our higher ups and most importantly, our youth. Dr. King, as you know, Police brutality has been a reoccurring issue throughout these hard times where black men are fighting for their basic human rights as citizens here in the U.S. What can you tell us about this? Well, I do know one thing, and that is we can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. As we've seen, I have tried time and time again to do nothing but peacefully let this country know that we have some very serious problems that stem from the basics basis of our constitution when dealing with the lives of black citizens in the U.S. And time and time again, it seems as if the police do not want to see us protesting in the streets, even if it's done so peacefully. There has been instances where a young Negro woman was forced off of a sidewalk as, and as she resisted it, was taken down by five police officers who pinned her down with a knee in her neck. We've seen police hose down Negro children and teenagers that were simply marching to protest. Very well said, Dr. King. Thank you for that. Now, as we begin to wrap things up here, I guess I'm asking you the question you asked me. How do you see the United States? Or better yet, what do you think will come of the United States in the future in terms of the black community? Well, Mr. Velia, personally, I believe that there is great hope in our youth. I believe that my children and their children's children will live in a United States where they will no longer be judged by the color of their skin, but by the basis of their content. One day, I believe that this nation will live out the true meaning of its, of its creed. I'm sorry. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I really truly believe that one day, even in the southern states like Mississippi and Georgia, Sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners will be able to sit at a table, not just as companions, as brothers. All it takes is a little faith out of us, a little faith out of the American people that one day the discords of our nation will turn into a beautiful sympathy of brotherhood. One day, eventually, we will be able to finally say, let freedom ring.